Enterprise Management 360. Hello, my name is Bob Tarzi, a freelance IT industry analyst, and I will be moderating this EM360 podcast, looking at how to protect against common vulnerabilities and exposures that put IT systems at risk. Common vulnerabilities and exposures are often referred to by the abbreviation CVEs. Most organizations accept that they will become the target of attackers at some point, or at the very least, suffer collateral damage from a broader random attack. However, most attacks only succeed due to the attacker exploiting a weakness in the target organization. This may be a human weakness, for example, an operator being fished for access credentials, but it is as likely to be due to vulnerability in the underlying IT infrastructure. Whilst it is not possible to eliminate all vulnerabilities, it is possible to minimize the chances of attackers exploiting them. To do so requires a rigorous process for checking the impact each known vulnerability may have. This includes understanding its severity, the abilities that have been developed to exploit it, and providing organizational specific context to all of this. There is an industry-wide process for reporting CVEs, and they are listed in a US government-funded database run by the MITRE Corporation. However, making use of the extensive information available, enriching it, applying organizational context, and prioritizing the actions taken is a complex process that is near on impossible to keep up with without the help of tools that reduce manual procedures and increase automation. To guide us through protecting against CVEs, I am pleased to be joined by Benjamin Preminger, a cyber intelligence specialist at Sixkill. Hello, Benjamin. Could you start by telling us a little bit about Sixkill and yourself? Sure, Bob. Thanks, and good to be here. So Sixkill is an Israeli-based cybersecurity startup. What we're essentially doing is providing an automatic solution that scours deep and dark web sources for threat intelligence. And we're providing that through a platform to our users. It could be anything from large financial institutions, insurance companies, government clients, and they come from all around the world, from North America, Asia Pacific, and EMEA. The way we're doing it is we're accessing all these places where threat actors are operating. So it could be deep and dark web hacking forums, underground markets, invite-only telegram groups, etc. And by making that data accessible and then overlaying it with layer of analytics, users from a broad variety of verticals can leverage it to make their operations and their organizations safer. Okay, that's great. There's um, quite a lot packed into that introduction. So we'll try and um, dig into that a bit as we go through uh, uh, this podcast. And you use one term the listeners might like explaining, which was EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Basically, you're a global company in the way you deliver this technology. But let's start with the very basics, Benjamin. What is the difference between a vulnerability and an exposure? Okay, so that's a, actually a common question in the industry. So a vulnerability is just a weakness in the, the code, the logic of a specific software or hardware, right? So it's an actual vulnerability in the mechanism or the structure of the software or hardware. And exposure is a type of weakness that's not immediately exploitable, but it rather used as a stepping stone into actually compromising the network. 
So if we're thinking about, for example, a safe deposit box, a vulnerability would be a panel in the back that you can unscrew and reach the insides of the safe deposit box. An exposure would be if you were able to understand that, okay, the code for the box is a number between one and a thousand. So it's not immediately exploitable, but it does help you get into what you're trying to do, which is exploit or hack the mechanism or software. Okay, so I so, so I think that's a, that's a great analogy. So the the vulnerability is is an actual weakness in the safe deposit box, whereas the exposure is the ability for an attacker to understand how the box works and, and, and maybe get it open by legitimate means because they managed to compromise information about it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's focus in on vulnerabilities. At what rate are new vulnerabilities reported? And what percentage of them would apply to a typical organization? In general, CVEs are an exponentially increasing problem. Right now, we're seeing about an average of 1,000 published every week. Uh, In total, there are about 127,000 currently published on National Vulnerability Database. Uh, It's this big database online that's partly U.S.-funded. And what we're seeing is that as the exponential increase continues and that trend continues, it's becoming a more difficult challenge for organizations that are trying to deal with it manually. And so a typical organization, it's hard to estimate because obviously a larger organization would be dealing with a larger number of CVEs, but generally it's a problem that's affecting everyone, both private and public sector, commercial enterprises, financial institutions, etc. And how many did you say a week it was? It's roughly a thousand. So an organization would have to evaluate every week, okay, these are the systems that I'm using. This is the software hardware I have. How has that been affected by the thousands of CVEs that every month are being published? To be clear, a vulnerability does not necessarily have an exploit written for it. I mean, only some of those vulnerabilities will be being actively exploited. Is, is that correct? Certainly. But if we're looking at the context of it, just having the measure of vulnerability already implies that there is a way of exploiting it. And I think we'll get to it a bit later in the conversation. But if you're looking to remediate or patch these vulnerabilities, sometimes there's an issue of lag and time differential between the publishing of the vulnerability and the actual patching date or the analysis of the CV. And in that time frame, threat actors, hackers, etc., can uh, exploit that CV. And to meet these thousand vulnerabilities a week that is the current rate of reporting, they're all in commercial software, you know, Microsoft operating systems, Android operating systems. You know, this is not the stuff people build in-house. This is the stuff they buy from commercial software developers. Certainly. So it's anything from, you know, an exploit in our vulnerability in something like Chrome or Internet Explorer browsers to uh, vulnerabilities in much more sensitive machinery, for example, uh, industrial computers, essentially. So computers that uh, manage industrial processes. So the spectrum is anything from off-the-shelf merchandise to much more specialized hardware and software. This global database is the one run by MITRE, am I correct? Exactly. This database provides a severity score for each CVE that is reported. And you at uh, Sixkill believe that um, on their own, that these scores are inadequate and should be supplemented. And you referred to this in your introduction. They should be supplemented with other data to indicate probabilistic risk. Okay, I was just going to ask, how can such a score be applied? And, and, and what are these other sources of intelligence? You, as I say, you alluded to it in the intro. 
provide a little bit more detail. So when NVD and NVD does its job very well, right? They're evaluating the CVE on its own merit. So they're looking at this particular exposure or vulnerability and assessing the severity by what type of damage it can cause. But what they're omitting to include is the broader context of how threat actors are talking about it underground and how probable or likely it is to be exploited. So what we're trying to do is create a dynamic CVE scoring that's taking into account both the NVD scoring of the severity of the exploit or rather the vulnerability itself and adding to it a probability score that's driven by machine learning and natural language processing of the conversation that's happening underground. So we're looking at places like dark web hacking forums, closed telegram groups. We're looking at how many proof of concepts of exploits for these vulnerabilities exist on GitHub, for example, so well-known code repositories. And we're taking all of that into consideration and creating a much more dynamic, fluid, and automatic process of evaluating these CVEs that's both addressing the challenge of the exponentially increasing number of CVEs every week, reported every week, as well as addressing the challenge for security professionals in how do I now prioritize fixing the CVs that my systems have? Okay, you, you use the term that MVD, that's the MITRE Vulnerability Database, is it? Yeah, exactly. So MITRE does the initial estimation of the severity score, and then NVD, which is sort of like a subset of that organization, adds some additional information about that. And these conversations that are going on on the uh, dark web or wherever to parody them, it, it might be something like, you know, this, this vulnerability that's been uncovered this week, it's a piece of cake to exploit. It gets you straight into the um, registry. Here's how to do it or something like that. It could be from a basic level of just mentioning this is a great vulnerability to exploit to a much more complex conversation of walking hackers to do X, Y, and Z to actually exploit it. No, you've said a thousand a week, so there's a lot of potential CVEs to be continuously evaluated by any organization and plenty of information that can be applied to understanding and providing context. And your value proposition at SixGirl is that you believe the manual procedures used by many organizations just make it hard to achieve this, to look at the vulnerabilities, understand the risks that they pose to their organizations. Why do you think manual procedures persist and how can they be eliminated? So given the scalable challenge that we're seeing now and the exponential increase in the number of CVEs, I don't think that manual work will be around with us for a long time uh, addressing this type of challenge. So with the thousands of CVEs we're seeing published every week, it's essentially impossible to have a team of analysts prioritize and examine each and every CVE in an effective way. And that's what we're trying to do at SixScale. We're trying to provide a scalable solution to a scalable problem. So using automation to both ingest, collect, and ingest the intelligence that we do collect from deep and dark web sources, telegram groups, GitHub, etc., we're enriching the data provided by the score provided by NVD, and we're helping CISOs and other type of security professionals have a more scalable and I would say more smart prioritization process. So for example, in a lot of these organizations, we're seeing that every quarter or every time, a specific time period, they're only able to patch a certain amount of CVEs. So let's say five CVEs. This is especially acute in organizations like 
industrial entities that don't really have a buffer for downtime, right? They're not really able to shut down all their systems for all the reasons you can imagine. So by only having to uh, fix five CVEs, the ones you choose are extremely critical. And if you have to choose from a thousand CVEs, that's particularly challenging, especially given that uh, the statistics we've seen is that about 50 to 60% of CVEs published on NVD are ranked high or critical. So essentially everything is high, everything is critical. So you need additional data and additional intelligence to really make that prioritization process more informed, more intelligence driven and more automatic. And I think that's where we're really coming in. Some of the organizational context required is presumably about how the software that's impacted by a CVE is deployed because it's a fault in a Windows operating system. Then, then a lot of the the patching of those operating systems is an automated process, whether it's done directly by Microsoft Update or whether it's managed internally. You know, there's Patch Tuesday. So, you know, really, if people have got good procedures for updating very standard software, that should be less of a problem. But it's when these vulnerable CVEs apply to operational infrastructure and things like this, where only the organization that has deployed the equipment and software can understand it, that it really becomes tricky. Is, is, is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, certainly. But even with something that's basic, like Microsoft operating system vulnerability that exists in, let's say, a bank, internal banking systems will not get patched and updated as often as your own browser, right? Your own personal private browser for the reasons that you can imagine, right? Large systems oftentimes are aligned on all the individual components that make them. And so patching one individual item might have sort of broader repercussions inside the organizations. And that's why the larger the organization, each and every CVE becomes both more critical in terms of the internal prioritization process and in the terms of what effect changing one component will have on the entire apparatus. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. That's a fair point. Can you give an example of a recent CVE, we hear about the names of, of commonly exploited ones. But can you give an example of one that had a widespread impact on an organization, which, because it had automated protection, was less impacted than it might have been? Yeah. So one that was very recent is called Bluekeep. It's actually CVE 2019-0708. So it was published roughly a month ago. And what it does is actually potentially allows a worm to infiltrate your Microsoft Remote Desktop Service, or RDP, and exploit it that way. It was published in March and was modified again in July. And it's still currently, as of the date of this podcast, it's still undergoing reanalysis. Because of the way the NVD mechanism works, constant modification does mean there's downtime in terms of the reanalysis of the CVE. And from the end user perspective, from the perspective of the security professional, that downtime, that lag between the analysis and the reanalysis of the CVE potentially means trouble for the organization. So that's why an automatic process that takes into account the CVE score that's already set and then adding to it the layer of intelligence, the analysis of discussion in dark web forms, et cetera, really creates a seamless and fluid process where they're constantly monitoring in real time. This is the CV. This is the basic severity score. But this is also the dynamic score that's influenced and informed by how threat actors are actually interacting with CV. 
And so having the automatic process mean that an organization doesn't need to rely just on NVD, but they're getting continuous real-time monitoring of the CVE, allowing for immediate patching and prioritization. And what impact did BlueKeep have elsewhere for organizations that didn't have good practices in place for protection against CVEs? So BlueKeep, hopefully everyone patched at this point. I think when it was published, there were millions of computers affected by it. But I think the key point here to understand is the downtime and the time for reanalysis and the elements that are outside of your control with the NVD mechanism are creating issues in security professionals' ability to deal with these CVEs on an ongoing basis. So BlueKeep would be one example, but virtually any CVE that is published on NVD sometimes suffers downtime, reanalysis, various changes that take control away from the security professional's ability to uh, influence events and monitor in real time the activity. And that's why the automatic solution, both on the monitoring level and the level of enriching information uh, in terms of the intelligence that drives it, really empowers security professionals to deal with it. And finally, this probability focus way of prioritizing vulnerabilities and automating the way they're addressed, which you advocate at Six Skill, must be changing the market. Would you agree? Is it changing the way all organizations, whether they're working with your organization or, or, or not, manage common vulnerabilities and exposures? I can't imagine a way of dealing manually with the scale of problem that we're facing. The rate of now a thousand of messages a week or a thousand CVEs a week is only looking to grow more exponential and more serious. And so the automatic solution that we're offering of having a dynamic CVE scoring is really going to make the patching prioritization process for CISOs and other security professionals that much more manageable. It's going to cut down on resource investment, both in time and cost, allowed to make a much more informed decision on the patching process that is oftentimes extremely critical because the cost of patching the wrong CVE to an organization could mean huge financial costs, huge PR damage, as well as legal problems if we're talking about non-compliance with a certain regulation. So making sure that you as a security professional choose the right CVE or CVEs to patch and do it in a way that's both cost and time effective, as well as intelligence driven is, I think, really critical when we're looking into the months and years ahead where this problem is only going to become more and more acute. Yeah, well, I guess it's true to say that basically the whole market is uh, reliant on the fact that software developers have always and will continue to make mistakes in developing their code. So um, that's where vulnerabilities come from. So that's not going to change. So the reason the number is growing is that there's more and more software out there, I guess, and there will always be errors within it. Certainly, more and more software and more and more red actors, hackers, et cetera, who are looking to exploit them. So the more both ecosystems become bigger, more evolved, and more complex, uh, we're still going to see more and more of these CVs. Okay, great. Well, look, thanks very much to uh, Benjamin Preminger of SixGill for providing these insights into protection against common vulnerabilities and exposures. And thank you for listening to this EM360 podcast. For more podcasts like this, head to em360tech.com.